The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. We are delighted to welcome to uh, our pulpit today the Reverend Dan Iverson, uh, Dan, after serving as a Marine officer, uh, went to Reform Seminary back in the 80s, and there he sensed, uh, he and his wife and three other couples sensed a, a call from the Lord to be involved in church planting in Japan, a very underreached, that's probably a, an understatement, underreached point in the world. And now Dan serves for the PCA's mission to the world as Japan director, Tokyo team leader, and church planter, and pastor. Uh, and so we're delighted to have him here today. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, put his arm around Mark Bocanegra in a big way, and uh, Mark, uh, they're looking forward to that. Mark, you also saw an, uh, an invitation from Mark to a lunch today where you can get to know Dan and the needs in Japan even more. And Mark will make just a brief reminder invitation at the end of uh, the message that Dan brings us today. Thank you, brother. Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. It is a great joy to be with you. Yes, put my arm around Mark. Before I put my arm around Mark, put it around Megumi, his precious wife, because uh, she was came to Christ and was baptized in our church. There she is in uh, Japan. Got to marry them a few years ago at our church in Japan. What a great joy. So good to be with you. Let's uh, hear God's word uh, from Ephesians uh, chapter 3. I'll start with verse 6, 6 through 10, but our text is verse 8. Ephesians 3. 6 through 10. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Let's pray. Lord, pray that during this brief time as we think about this text, that you would come by your spirit and work in my heart and all of our hearts for the glory of your great name and for the preaching of the gospel, the unsearchable riches of Christ, first to our hearts and to the Gentiles, to every tongue and tribe. In Jesus' name, amen. It is such a joy to be <clears throat> at a seminary chapel because when I went to Reform Seminary about 35 years ago, if you told me that my Bible someday with the right side would be Japanese in each page, I would have said, you're crazy. That's not gonna happen. Uh, I was very, very, I had not thought about being a missionary 
for one second uh, when we left the Marine Corps and God led us to seminary to be a church planner in Maryland. I thought we're going to go back and start a daughter church. Uh, that first year in chapel, heard about the nations, heard about all nations early on in chapel. About this time, my first year in chapel, uh, a preacher in chapel, preaching on world missions and being willing in response to the gospel, the lordship of Christ, made the application of being a missionary. He said, if you're not willing to go, you're not qualified to stay. I got so mad. God doesn't want us all to be missionaries. I thought that's not what he said. He said, if you're not willing to go, you're not qualified to stay because lordship of Christ is uh, a, qu a question mark there. Uh, <clears throat> early on, a, a brother preaching from the whole Bible showed uh, the centrality of the Gentiles, every tongue and tribe, and God began to change my heart, my wife's heart. We were absolutely unwilling at first. We were like that missions conference song. Have you heard it? Lord, please don't send me to Africa. Have you heard that? Lord, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll give 12%. Please don't send me to Africa. It's a, it's a song. You know, you haven't heard it? And uh, Lord, I'll even teach the junior high Sunday school class. Please don't send me to Africa, you know? And that was kind of my view, but in this text in verse eight, Paul's use of the word grace is the opposite of that. He's saying, this grace has been given to me to be a preacher of the unsearchable riches of Christ to Africa. I mean, now here he says, to the Gentiles. But that's the point, and he uses the word grace in that way. Look again at verse eight. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me, this blessing was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I know you have four Gs or five Gs on your phone, but I'm gonna do three Gs here. The grace, Gentiles, and gospel from, from uh, verse eight. So let's think about this. Briefly. First, his use of the word grace. In verse 7, he uses it the same way. It is charis, but he's not talking about salvation grace, is he? Look at it. Different words in verse 8 are salvation grace. We'll get to that in a minute. He's using grace both in 7 and in verse 7. He says he's talking about the grace, and it's charis, to be a gospel minister, isn't he? <laughs> and then in verse 8, particularly to be a gospel minister to whom? to the Gentiles. He's, he's saying this is a blessing, this is a gift from God to go do this. <clears throat> now this seems kind of strange at first, and Paul uses the same terminology in Romans 15, speaks of grace, charis, for being a minister of the gospel to the Gentiles. Now we would not, you know, especially when you think of Paul's, the hardships of his life, you know, that he would use it this way, you know, shipwrecked how many times you, you read 2 Corinthians and you read, you know, several times in 2 Corinthians, the struggles he went through, shipwrecked and beaten and in jail and in prison and all these things. And he calls them what? Momentary light afflictions. And here he says, this grace that has been given to me. This especially precious text to me. My dad preached at our ordination and commissioning service to go to Japan, preached from this text. And so it means a lot to me as I think back on it. And then having been in Japan and experiencing this, this grace of being a preacher of the unsearchable riches of Christ to the Gentiles, to those who have never heard, it's not 
only un, uh, it's the second largest unreached people group in the world, Japan, after the people of Bangladesh, the Bangla people of Bangladesh. But this is what we see throughout church history. David Livingston, famous missionary, said, for my own part, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office, meaning missionary. People talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa away with such a thought. It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger may make us pause, but only for a moment. All these are nothing when compared with the glory which shall be revealed in and for us. I never made a sacrifice. You know, what a statement. He did make a sacrifice. But in light of thinking of the, 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 the large, greatest, you know, the, to be a part of kingdom advancement around the world. We have nine kids, I think, of my wife giving birth to nine kids, and she would say, I never made a sacrifice. I watched her uh, go through the pain of, of morning sickness for six months. It's a miracle we have nine kids, I tell you. <laughs> that, uh, and then, and that, but the joy of the birth of that baby, same kind of thing. There's a deeper, richer joy to say this grace to go do what God's calling us to do, whatever that is. Be a minister of the gospel, verse eight, particular niche to the Gentiles, to those who haven't heard. I believe, I wanna believe even, uh, we don't have many, P I'm PCA pastor, not many, PCA martyrs, I know of one, maybe you know some, tell me if you know of others, Brian Cardarelli five years ago in Afghanistan from Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia, been to Japan a number of times on mission trips, went to Afghanistan, he was on that group of people who went over the mountains to a village to be a witness for Christ on a medical mission. And when they got back to their, their 10 of them, all 10 were killed. Brian, young man, 25 years old, martyred, for Christ, and I want to believe he could say this as he knew he was going to be killed there, that this grace has been given to me to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ to this very, very lost people group in Afghanistan. John, John Piper in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, tells the story of John Payton, famous missionary to, uh, <clears throat> to the south, southern islands of uh, uh, New Hebrides, is it, in the South Pacific, that an uh, older guy in their church came and said, John, don't go. There are cannibals there. You'll be eaten by cannibals. And, and John Payton looked at him and said, Brother, you're getting old. You're going to die and be in the grave soon. You're going to be eaten by worms. I don't think you teach that kind of counseling technique here, but, but uh, I said, I'd rather be eaten by cannibals. And he almost was, when you read the stories, what he went through. And he would say also, I never made a sacrifice. This grace has been given to me. To, you know, when God leads us, when he takes us, for my wife and I, I'll tell more over lunch how we were so, no, God gave us all these kids. He wouldn't call us to go do this. And I think our nine kids would say, and we would say, wow, you know, to go where God calls you to go, whether radical sender, radical goer, is yes, this grace has been given to me. But second G, is the G of Gentiles. And I mentioned briefly our RTS story. I went to RTS, Reformed Seminary, as a missing S Christian. We were solid Reformed, blue blood Presbyterian. My grandfather that I'm named after wrote one of the hymns in your red hymnals there. And, uh, but I had missed this. All nations, every tongue, every tribe. 
you know, blue blood Presbyterian, missing as Christian. I had missed, I loved all people, wanted to preach the gospel to people, had missed all peoples. Had missed that part. Speaker, uh, first year uh, at a missions conference we had at, at seminary, went from Genesis to Revelation, showed this is not peripheral to the Bible, this is central to the Bible. The Bible's message, I knew it was a message of redemption, and I was reformed, a message of redemption for the elect. But what I had missed was a story of a redemption through a redeemer for his elect from every tongue and tribe. And as this preacher marched through the Bible over three days, probably 10 hours, you know, I got very uncomfortable in my seats at Grace Chapel and Jackson, Mississippi, and my wife was there with me. And at the end of this, we looked at each other and said, how did we miss this? It's not on our radar to even care about it. If we do go back and start a church in Maryland, it's gonna to have to be a very different church than as we've thought about the people around us, not the peoples, that God would be, yes, very reformed purpose of missions would be worship. We're worship starters when we go to, like our city, 70,000 people, suburb, of Tokyo, 35 million people, 35 million people in Metro Tokyo, our city of 70,000. No church, no worshipers of God in the history of the world, as far as we know, till a missionary went there to start a church. You know, what a, what a, yes, a joy, but this is not peripheral to, to the message of the Bible, but central to the message of the Bible. We began to see that, went after chapel, we had a prayer meeting. And I uh, went to the pyramid and gave me a card for Afghanistan to pray for Afghanistan. And I, I, just, I just remember being deeply moved by that card. Whoa, it said there were 17 or 18, some number like that in the high teens. Don't remember exactly, but the card said 17 or 18 indigenous Afghan Christians in the whole country. Seven, you know. In the high teens, the number of indigenous Christians, and my wife and I began to pray, what are we gonna do with this? And we've got, you know, we heard about a PCA church, you know, Covenant Presbyterian Church, Harrisonburg, Virginia, 200 applications to be assistant or associate pastor. And I say in Japan, we have 200 cities with no church and no applications. Actually not true. We have a few applications and we have way more than 200 places that need a church, someone to come preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. What country, from, what city from the Bible is in the news this morning? What's happening in Iraq? Mosul is being attacked. Who went there that we know about to take the gospel? How, Jonah, could you not have compassion for the, how many? 120,000 people in Mosul who don't know their left hand from their right hand. And in Japan and Mosul, maybe someone here will go to Mosul, to Nineveh, to take the gospel. It's gonna, you know, in Erbil, lots of places in the world with what's happening in the world and people turning against radical Islam. They're seeing, wow, what opportunities in the world today to take the gospel. We're coming to help you guys. You're coming to help carry the telephone pole. There, you know, there's 10 people at one end and one at the other. You're coming to say, I wanna help. You know, where do I go that, that we think, you know, this affected me, that illustration. Really, it's a hundred at one end and one at the other. And I'm coming to help to at least say, Lord, what do you want me to do? We'll be radical senders for Mark and Megumi and others. Or maybe we should at least pray about going to help where there's only one. 
at the end of the telephone call. A third G is gospel, grace, Gentiles, and gospel. Uh, real briefly, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Another, uh, you know, this is the motive for all this. This is why Paul says they were momentary light afflictions because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the unfathomable riches of Christ. I think of the, when I read the, some of the translations translated, unfathomable riches of Christ. Here's the, the gospel words in this verse of verse eight. Think of the hymn in our Trinity hymnal. Uh, it wasn't in the blue one uh, because of uh, <clears throat> some of the, the words in it, but in the new Trinity is in there. Uh, and one of the lines is, the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. And to finish that sentence would be, and he can't find the bottom, right? Unfathomable riches of Christ. Paul, he, he, he alludes to the gospel when he calls himself the uh, less than the least of all the saints, you know. We see this progression in his teaching in, in uh, he calls himself in 1 Corinthians, the least of all the apostles. He calls himself here the least of all, uh, less than the least of all the saints. And then in, uh, in 1 Timothy 1.15, he calls himself the chief of sinners. You know? but like with us, the longer I live, the more I see, whoa, I am chief of sinners. If you knew my sin, you wouldn't want me to be your preacher at chapel this morning. And you wouldn't want, and, but all of us are the same. We are so needy of Christ and his unsearchable riches of Christ the unsearchable riches of Christ for sinners. That as we come to know, yes, yes, he, Jesus died on the cross for this sinner. Yes, he rose again on the third day. My great need today is for my great high priest who ever lives to make intercession for me, for you, for those sins that no one else here knows about, those thoughts, those attitudes, those, the, the way I just think of in Japan, you know, struggling. Uh, those first years with no fruit for four years and the sin of lusting for fruit to affirm my identity as a missionary. And then when God began to give fruit and Sunday our church had six worships and you know, kingdom is spreading and growing and, and then the pride, you know, this mix of God's glory, yes, the people of Japan, yes, but there's all this, 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 this rotten stuff in me. You know what I'm talking about, anyone that, that wants to, to find my identity in ministry success, you know? And, uh, I am such a mess and in such need of the unsearchable riches of Christ as you are, right? And this is the motive to be a part of this great kingdom work of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And with this friend of mine, Ray Cortez, PCA pastor in Southern Florida came, uh, had a son-in-law who was gonna marry his daughter and he said, uh, uh, gonna be a son-in-law and he said, but let me tell you, you take care of my daughter or you'll have a problem with me came back to him after their wedding, said, Dad, God's leading us to inner city Orlando to plant a church, be a part of ministry in a really dangerous, bad part of Atlanta, or I'm sorry, of Orlando. Um, I remember what you told me before we got married. Are you gonna have a problem with me taking your daughter and future grandchildren there? The story means a lot to me. I have a son in inner city Atlanta planting a church with six grandkids. And, a daughter in Bangladesh, and we all know what's happened there recently with five grandkids. And, uh, his answer was great, and it reflects this passage. This grace, this blessing has been given to me to be a part of what God calls us to do, whatever that is, wherever it is. 
His answer is first he's thinking, you're going to go there? Oh no, you're going to go there with my, great, with my daughter, with my grandchildren? But Ray's a biblical guy and he thinks like this passage. And his answer to his son-in-law was great. He paused and he said, son, actually, if you don't go where God is calling you to go, I'll have a problem with you. Isn't that great? Yes, that's the greatest. That's the grace, the blessing to be where God calls you to be. May he lead each one of you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the great privilege of knowing the gospel and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, to taking it to Escondido, to California, to the needy land of America that has unreached people groups streaming to it every day, and to go to Japan or Mosul or Erbil or wherever. Lord, to be a part of the great endeavor until Christ comes and we're gathered there in heaven with people, uh, with multitudes too great to number from every tongue and tribe. When the day of mission will cease, the day of worship will never cease as we worship Christ forever. Uh, thank you for this time together this morning. Pray you'll lead each one of these students as they wrestle with what do I do when I grow up? What are you calling me to do, Lord? to be a part of your great mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Copyright 2016, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.